Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 808. It doesn't matter what it looks like as long as it's perfect. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Nathan Warren. Hey, Nathan, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm all cinched in and ready to go. All right. Nathan Warren is the owner of Warren Customs in Hamilton, Alabama. He's been repairing, restoring, and painting ever since he opened his first shop as a sixth grader, charging kids 50 cents to paint their Hot Wheel cars. He's worked at several different jobs over his lifetime, but decided to open his own business back in 2014. At his shop, they do everything from collision repair to custom restorations and builds, including street cars, hot rods, boats, and muscle cars. His real talent lies in the paint shop where they'll put down anything from a single color to wild graphics, flames, stripes, and much, much more. Nathan also offers accessories for vehicles and trucks and Jeeps, and that includes installation and customization. So, Nathan, I have told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you. Before we jump into the questions, could you tell our listeners a little bit more about you, your business, and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Well, uh, you know, just it's just been uh, been something that that I've been a part of all my life as a kid. My dad, he had a uh, a body shop, and before that, he was a uh, a mechanic at the at the local Ford dealership, and then moved into the parts department. When I was in kindergarten, he was taking me to school on a uh, 74, I believe it was, Harley Davidson. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know. So I, I you know, was a cool kid kind of there far as that goes. Back in those days when you mechanicked on cars, like law enforcement cars. Sure. You know, they, they didn't have computers and stuff on them, so they didn't do diagnostics. You actually had to drive them. And, yeah. and kind of figure out what was going on. So it was an uncommon for him to come pick me up one time in a sheriff's car. Uh, <laughs> the kids uh, in your school are like, wait a minute, your dad drives a Harley and he's a sheriff at the same time? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, he, you, could ne- you never knew what was going on. He yeah. just had an array of different different cars and and, uh, and stuff like that at that time. So, Very so it was cool. pretty interesting. Yeah, I think so. And it sounds like you've taken that passion forward to the business you've got today. And we're going to learn a lot more about you and your business business and what you're doing on this journey. But first, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is a nice way to get those inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So Nathan, take the wheel. Well, I've actually got two, uh, I guess you could say, kind of. My my grandfather, when I was uh, like 17, 18, fixing to get my first summer job, he, uh, he set me down and he said, be the best employee they have ever had. Mm. And uh, he said, it doesn't matter what you're doing or what they have you doing. Be the very best there is at it. He goes, and then if you ever have to move on, you'll always be in good standing and, and have a job, you know. Uh, and then the next one is kind of what I use around around my shop. My son hates it, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it doesn't matter what it looks like as long as it's perfect. Yeah. Because uh, nobody's perfect, but if that's your goal – is for it to be perfect. It'll usually you'll never have any any uh, anything come out of the customer except praise and uh, and thankfulness. You know that it turned out as well as it did. 
Yeah, well, those are great ways to live your life, great ways to run a business. And I heard the similar things from my father when I was growing up. He always told me, he said, when you go to work for somebody, treat your job like you own the business. That means care for it, do everything that you think is important for it, treat the customers with respect, treat your coworkers with respect. And uh, so it sounds like we both had some nice guidance as we were uh, youngsters looking forward to our careers. Exactly. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? I want you to go back in time and think about that pivotal moment in your life when you realized that, uh, I guess kind of like your dad, you were going to be a car guy too. Uh, it, it pretty much birth. Uh, you know, I can remember when I was, when I was just real little in school, I was doing a lot of drawing. It was always something, you know, whether it was, was, uh, airplanes or, or cars or tanks. It, it had to be something with an engine. And, and some type of wheels on it. And then, uh, and just like I, I leaned to uh, earlier, you know, it'd take me to school on Harley Davidson. There, there wasn't much way that I could not uh, <laughs> yeah. turn out to be a, be a car guy. But strangely enough, my older brother, he is not a mm. car guy. He, he's totally opposite to me. But, you know, I can remember the first Jeep. I ever rode in on it was a, a road in it was a a friend of my dad's and he had painted it and it's still in this area that that, that gentleman still owns that jeep yeah uh you know and i hope maybe someday i, I can buy it from him it's funny in a family how uh, one person can end up kind of going on carrying the tradition forward and another one is completely goes on a different track. It's just to show that we're all a little bit different. Well, I want to walk down some roads with you here and talk about a big challenge or a big failure you face. Now, you've chosen to go out on your own, put your shingle out, start your own business. That is fraught with all sorts of challenges, ups and downs, of course. But I want you to take it to a point in time that was a big challenge for you. Kind of walk us through it. But then tell us, how did that experience help you gain even more? more momentum in your life or your career or your business uh i would say just the uh, the initial starting of the business just a little prelude to that my first job was in a sawmill i worked in a sawmill uh for probably about five or six years from when i got out of uh, high school Uh, i I did do some college but i dropped out just out of childish ignorance and uh you know, I'm sitting there and, and it's raining. It's like 35 degrees outside and the water's dripping off my nose. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way. And uh, there was a local dealership, Fox uh, Chevrolet dealership here in town. And I told the, the guys that I was working with, I said, I'm going to work in the body shop, that dealership. And they was like, you, do you know anything about body work? And I was <laughs> like, no, no, I'll figure it out. But mm. I'm, I'm not going to do this. So uh, long story short, I got that's kind of where I picked up everything mainly for his painting and education in painting and all that yeah and stayed there for seven years and we were just i mean just pumping out cars just i mean just and it was wearing my my shoulder and my arm out actually i was having a lot of trouble on my wrist and I, again i was like well there's got to be a better way so i become an insurance adjuster and i done that for about five years and they lost their contract and uh, and pretty much let everybody go. They're mm-hmm. they're no longer in business. And this all happened within a week. No 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 more than two weeks. My wife had a part time job with uh, the local municipality, and um, it turned to a full time job. Thankfully, just after this was all in one week, pretty much. I found out that hey, uh, you've got about another two weeks worth of uh, of claims that you can do. And then that's it. You're yeah. you're gone. And uh, she was like, um, 
I'm pregnant. Oh my gosh. I'm, yeah. I'm like, okay, so now I'm, I'm fixing to be jobless and we're having our third child. And that time she was working part time, but she found out that, sh- that she was pregnant the day after they uh, swapped her to full time employment. And uh, so we were still sweating it, you know, like, how am I going to pay for all of this? Right. And, and luckily the insurance picked up from, uh, from, you know, whenever the, the doctor told us that, uh, that she was going to have a baby. Uh-huh. So what that was took care of. And, uh, and we just went into survival mode and, uh, you know, done some few odd jobs. I still had all my tools and stuff from, uh, from working at the body shop at the dealership. And, uh, so I started picking up some odd jobs, painting some cars and stuff like that. And, uh, I picked up one for a gentleman that I still do work for and painted it for him and everything. And I, I had an account at a local, uh, uh, parts dealership and got all the paint and everything and just charged it because I knew I'd get paid at the end of the job and, and right. be able to pay them back. Okay. And then it come, uh, come Friday you know, I had it painted, had it finished, done everything I was supposed to do, and I, I went in there and told him, you know, how much the price was, and he was like, "Well, I don't, I don't have all of that right now." Oh no, oh no. You know, he, he had the money, but uh, he just didn't have it all on him right then. Oh, okay. So, uh, so he paid me, and he said, uh, "Come back Monday, and I'll pay you the rest of it." And I'm like, "Well, okay." So then that weekend, I just got to thinking about it, and I was like, "Well, you know, here I am." What if he hadn't have been an honest person and he hadn't have paid me? Here I've got all of this charged up and the truck is sitting in his shop. Right. And I've got, I've got nothing but yeah. more debt on top of not having a job. Right. So it was it was right there over the weekend. Me and my wife, we sat down and we talked about it. And, you know, what's, what's really helped us through all of this is our, our faith in God. Mm-hmm. And uh, we decided, you know, I'm just going to. I'm not finding any insurance work. There's not any out there right now. We're we're going to go for it. We're going yeah. to uh, to open a shop, which was easier said than done. Oh, of course it is always. Yeah. Uh, so so from there we went to looking for a building, and our area there wasn't any any suitable buildings to uh, to start up in. And I finally found a building, and then after I found it and got it cleaned up, was about to move in previous renters of it had told me it's like you don't you don't want to be in there you know we left because people were stealing parts off of customers cars and mm. and everything else so uh the day i went back to the building to check it out i hadn't even moved in you could tell where they'd tried to prize the front door on, oh. on the shop to get into yeah not a good start yeah so we we didn't have that building, and I hadn't been working on any cars. We were just pretty much, thankfully, had put back some money. We were just kind of surviving off of it. And my dad had a shop. He was a diesel mechanic, and he was like, I'm fixing to retire. He goes, I can't you know, work on the diesels anymore. And uh, he said, if you want to come down here, you're more than welcome. And uh, so I come down there, and I tried diesel mechanic in, and I was like, ah, that's just not my you know, I don't have a passion for that. That's not what I want to do. I want I want to paint and, and repair cars. So uh, we built a shop off of the side of his. Okay. And uh, and that was just a an amazing feat in itself. Looking back, I don't even know how we done it. <laughs> yeah. we, uh, of course, banks don't want to loan money to people who who are unemployed. Right. It, uh, if I had tried to get a bank loan before when I had a job, it, it, you know, it was an open door. They they didn't didn't mind at all. But yeah, yeah, they need to know they're going to get their money back. Right. So uh, so we had to refinance the house and and took out a small loan with that, and then uh, we needed a paint booth, 
And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do for a paint booth. I thought about leasing one and going different routes and uh, got on Craigslist, of all places, looking around and found a paint booth uh, probably about three hours from from our house uh-huh. and uh, drove. And the guy, it was kind of funny. At the, I never met the fellow that owned everything, but at the, his uh, protege was the one handling the, uh, handling the deal. And at the end of every sentence, he would say, before the economy went bad. Mm, yeah. And this this guy had like 160 cars in his collection and had a small town, like a museum, in this uh, warehouse. Wow. Before the economy went bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and anyways, he, uh, he had a full body shop and employees just to maintain and build his collection. Wow. And, uh, and of course, he was liquidating. And, and we bought a, a great paint booth. We took it down, me and my dad and this gentleman. We took it back to uh, to the shop that we was building and uh, put it up, painted it and, and everything, and it, it works great. And then far as the shop building itself, it too came from uh, Craigslist. Uh, it's, <laughs> there you uh, go. Yeah, it's kind of a, we call them a Kwanzaa hut uh-huh. in this area, but yeah. one of those accordion-looking buildings. Sure. So uh, so we bought it and loaded it up and brought it back and put it all together. Me and my dad, we poured the slab for the building. We actually done, we done, of course, you know, we didn't have much money to work with, I didn't. Yeah. So I had to do every bit of this, the wiring, the the building, the everything. Yeah. From, from the dirt on the ground to the roof on the building, we done every bit of it. And then along the way, the friends of my dad, my friends, you know, they'd chip in and help and do. And uh, and we opened the doors on that thing. And then we got, got our first job, which is, which is another uh, another great story into itself right yeah. there. Yeah. Well, you know, this is a, a wonderful story for any listener out there thinking that, oh, you've got to have a whole bunch of money to start a business. You have all these things lined up. No, you don't. If you want to be creative and work really hard, go to Craigslist. You can find some parts for sale. There's always things being sold and you can do exactly what Nathan did and start your own business and get things rolling. So wonderful, wonderful story. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. And maybe you touched on that when you decided sitting around that coffee table or kitchen table with your wife. You know what? We can do our own business. What was your aha moment? Well, that was partially it right there. I guess there was two aha moments, one sitting on the forklift in the rain and the other, you know, over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. But but when when I knew we we were going to be successful at it and we were actually, you know, going to make a living at it, you start a business and you hope people will come. But, but, you know, you really don't know. You're just kind of fishing. And uh, and a- after we opened the doors, we had a few small jobs, but it really wasn't making any money. And we were just like, you know, this this may have been a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, may, I may need to find something else to do. And we got a... Uh, a fellow that I used to work for at the uh, at the Chevrolet dealership, that shop had shut down, and uh, and he had went on and opened up a shop of his own. And I had called him and told him, "Hey, look, you know, I'm not I'm not competition." And at that point, I had decided I really wasn't even going to do collision work, insurance work. Mm-hmm. I was just going to do restoration. And pretty much, I told him anything that he didn't want to do because his was a collision shop. Anything that would slow his shop down to send them over to our shop, okay. and I would I would gladly take it because yeah. we were we were on the verge of starvation. So, anyways, long story short, he sent a uh, a guy had a, a gas company, uh, butane propane gas, and he sent him over there, and he wanted his truck, the gas truck painted. Uh-huh. 
And the and the part of that was is we couldn't get the truck inside my shop. Oh, too big. Yeah, my dad was like, "Well, how how big do you want to build the door on the front of the shop?" And I was like, "Well, I was like, we don't need a, a door no bigger than what we can fit inside the paint booth, so we only build it nine foot tall." So we actually took the rear wheels off of this truck and I made some wheel, just took steel wheels without the tires on it. And that was enough to put back on the truck and to get it up in the shop building Yeah, with it, with it on the ground in the back. And we painted that and, uh, on our, on our website in different places in our advertisements, we have a 57 Chevrolet. That guy, we painted a couple of trucks for him. And then one day he was leaving, he backed up and he said, can you build a 57 Bel Air? And I said, well, yeah, yeah. I said, that's, that's what we want to do is build street rods. And, uh, he, he said, well, my dad had a 57 and he went into the detail of it. He said, and, and he had to sell it to buy a four door car for me and all my brothers. Yeah. And, uh, he said, we're, we're doing pretty good. He said, my dad's doing pretty good. He said, we would like to build him a car to look like the one that he had and give it to him for his birthday. Nice. And uh, I was like, you know, that that would be great. And and that was a that car means a lot to me. It was a gift to to the to the dad from yeah. three sons. It was the first car that me and my dad built together. Mm-hmm. It was the first car that me and my oldest son built together. He helped work on it. And as a matter of fact, my middle son, he was probably ten or so then, ten or eleven. Uh, and we suited him up, and he helped sand on it. My youngest son, we've got a video, I think it's on Facebook. He was, I don't know, he was still in diapers, and, and uh, he was just a toddler, barely walking. And uh, we've got a video of him standing in the car once we had the radio and all going. We hadn't had the seats in it yet. And he's playing with a steering wheel with the radio going, singing. <laughs> so uh, so that was, that. after we built that car, and during building that car, we got some more on top of that. But yeah. that... That one there will be the one that always stands out. And plus a 57 Bel Air is just an iconic car anyway. Sure, so, sure, so exactly. It couldn't have worked out any better. Well, there's another great story that where there's a will, there's a way. And sometimes you got to start in a different place than where you foresee you're going to end up to make things work. And that sounds like that's exactly what you guys did. So very cool. Well, how about a proudest career moment? I would assume you've had many. You've made a lot of people happy with the, the builds and painting that you've done. Is there one that stands out you'd like to share? Um... I don't really, really know. I mean, I'm proud of every car we paint. I mean, because it's not, it's, it's not just building a car for someone. It's, it's usually in, in that field, there's, there's some emotion tied to it. You know, just like with the 57, that was a car that was, uh, you know, that, that, that that fellow had to sell to, to promote his business in the gas company and, and take care of his family. And then here it is. I don't know how many years later, and he's got it back again. And it was a gift from his kids. And, uh, you know, about everything we paint or do has got some type of emotion tied to it. Right. You know. It's the way cars are. Yeah. You know, so it's it's not just a car. You're you're building a friendship. You know, pretty yeah. much everybody that I've worked for, I, I consider, you know, a, a friend. I can call them up and talk to them. They, they call and talk to me, and, and it may not necessarily be about their vehicle. It may be just, you know, checking in, seeing what's going on. So uh, Yeah, very nice, very nice. About building relationships, that's the key there. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time. I'd love to hear about maybe your first special vehicle. Is there a car, a bike, or a truck that was uh, has some good memories for you? Uh, 
Yeah, I guess it would be uh, the not the first truck I had. I'm pretty much, I'm one of those type fellas. I I can't walk across the street without it turning into some type of an adventure. <laughs> we uh, we I had worked and saved up, you know, over the summers and and saved up money, and we went and uh, went to a car sale and bought my first truck, and it was an '80 model C10 short wheelbase Chevrolet, and I can I can rem- we don't have any pictures of it, but I can remember it perfectly. It, it was black with red interior, and it had uh, chrome bullet hole wheels, white litter tars, and it you know. It was a great little truck, and I got to keep that a total of three days. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, uh, and we found out that it was stolen. Oh, my <laughs> and, gosh. <laughs> and they, so that one got away, and then the next truck was an 81. And, uh, and I worked and spent every dime that I made. I didn't know how to do body work at that time. And anyways, we, I had, had, and that was a thing. If, if I told somebody I was going to do something, I'd do it. Yeah, and all through school, I was like, I'm gonna customize this truck. I'm gonna have it done, and all my buddies like, you know, you've lost your mind. You'll never do that. And I saved up my money, and after I graduated, I worked one more, probably a year or summer somewhere like that, and took it to uh, a good friend of mine. Still, uh, he's retired now, but he had a body shop. And we shaved the door handles on it. We shaved all the emblem holes, reversed the tailgate latch, had a louvered tailgate on it. Uh, it's painted 84 Corvette blue, had a 327 that I had bought out of the junkyard and had rebuilt. And, uh, and it was a really, even by today's standards, be a really sharp truck. And that <laughs> cool. was the one I had all through high school and then, uh, several, several years out of high school. And I finally, like, uh, like most folks do, I had to trade it and, and get something a little more economical and, yeah. and uh, yeah. family friendly. I understand. Well, is that the car that is your seller's remorse story? The car you let go that you wish you had back? Actually not. Strangely enough, usually when I get rid of one, that's it. I'm done with it. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm ready to move on. Good for you. And that one didn't have air conditioning. So I was I was really ready to, to yeah. move on to something. <laughs> living, living where you live, yeah, it gets a little warm. If I had any remorse is uh, I, in, in some of my travels, I had that truck – and I also had a, a 72 Vega that I had traded up that was a I race car. I remember the Vegas, yeah. Yeah. And this one here was, was pretty neat. It was a, it was pretty much a full-on race car, but we drove it on the street and had a lot of fun with it. And uh, anyways, long story short, I run up on a fella, and he had a, I think, Laguna Blue 69 Chevelle Super Sport 396 four-speed car. Cool. And had the black spear stripe on the sides it didn't have uh, super sport stripes and uh it had the uh not rally wheels but it had the five spoke chrome super sport wheels on it and and i pulled up in there and we had pretty much worked up a deal side unseen on my truck mm-hmm. and i just had to bring the truck back up there and let him let him see it because i was in my vega so he he pretty well knew that that what i told him was the truth and my dad i got back and i was telling him about it i was like oh i found this i found this chevelle this thing's great you know this thing will be great and uh, he's like well you've already got a race car and i was like but but this ain't a race car <laughs> he's like yeah but you will make it. He said, that's all I've heard you talk about so far since you've talked about it, that this will make a great race car. He's like, you need something to drive back and forth to work. It's <laughs> good gas mileage. The father's logic went into play. Yeah, and, and he talked me out of that, and I have always been like, man. Uh, I wish I'd gotten it. Of, yeah, I could have sold the Vega. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, 
I understand. Yeah, uh, I understand how that goes. There was a British car I wanted in high school. My dad talked me out of that and ended up getting a Carmagia instead that was a little more reliable than an old British car. So uh, sometimes dads can see those bullets coming along before we can see them. So uh, I think that's uh, a nice story and a nice memory that uh, was going to happen someday. Well, how about what you're working on in the shop now? Are you guys working on any cars? They're really cool to have you really excited and fired up. Yeah, actually we do. We've got a 67 Super Sport Chevelle in the shop right now, doing all all new panels on it. Uh, it, it needs a lot of, of metal work, but uh, but the guy's fitting the bill. He's doing it right. He's he's not wanting to patch any panels. He's just just, just replace them because mm-hmm. that way we'll have a solid solid car. It's going to be kind of a uh, pro touring type feel to it. Uh, it's going to have a 396 in it. He's not going back with a four-speed. He's had a four-speed car before, and he's like, you know, where's your leg out going to cruise in? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we went with a monster transmission, 700R in it. Uh, it's got all disc brakes all the way around. Still got the 12-bolt positive traction rear end in it. And we're not necessarily smoothing the firewall, but we're smoothing it up. We went back and cut some of it out and... Uh, tuck and rolled and pleated a few panels and put back in there to kind of keep that factory feel yeah. but without all of those those dimples where they you know that oh, they put yeah. in them yeah. from the factory right and then the wheel size he hasn't really got that figured out yet I'm, I'm hoping he goes with something a little bit bigger maybe a 17 or an 18 on it but uh no body mods on the outside he wants to keep all the the chrome and the bumpers and the emblems and everything so the outside will look pretty well stock mm-hmm. and then uh, underneath i'll have a good driving gear and uh Cool. Vintage air on it, and under the hood will kind of be a little bit more updated, but uh, yeah. probably going to go fuel in, fuel injection on it. And uh, and that's a that's a really nice car. And then we just had a, a K5 Blazer come in. And, I uh, remember a, those, yeah. This one's an 87, actually. Oh, a much later which, one. Oh, okay. So it'll have, uh, it's got fuel injection, and it's all original. It's only been painted one time. Wow. And... So far, the owner's just wanting it put back exactly like it was. So uh, we're in the process of stripping it down to the bare metal, and then uh, we'll put a coat of poly and uh, primer and, and block it back out straight and just put it back back the way it came. Cool. Oh, great. Sounds like some fantastic projects. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Nathan. If you were a car, what kind of car would Nathan be and why? Uh, I really, really thought about that. And, you know, I, I would like to say I would be some type of a sports car, but that's just not who I am. <laughs> I, I have I have decided I would probably be a 60s era or a uh, early 70s era Ford F100. There you go. But I would be a, a more of a Baja <laughs> style, oh. uh, style truck there, okay. maybe. Updated suspension, uh, a really hot little 302, uh-huh. you know, the outside, no wild, crazy coat, uh, a good driver, usable truck, hardworking truck. But then, uh, you know, if you wanted to cut loose and spin a tire or something like that, you know, it'd have plenty of power and be able to do it. There you go. And I just, I just think that kind of fits my personality. <laughs> nice. I appreciate you putting some thought to that. Well, Nathan, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's cars. Yeah, sponsors. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. 
They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Market Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Nathan, we are back, and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and have you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Uh, I got this from my cousin, actually, and it was, uh, it's easier to carry the gas in the tank than it is in the can. <laughs> Smart yeah. guy. Smart guy. Yeah. I yeah. get it. I get it. <laughs> now, would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your successes over the years? I think just just going back to what my grandfather taught me, taught me uh, is just sheer grunt. Yeah. You know, just, I mean, if you, everybody has their low times and, you know, you get depressed and all that, but you can't let it get you completely down. You just got yeah. to put your head down, press forward. You know, if you don't know what the answer is, uh, in, in, in our case, my, my faith and, and trust in God, you know, a lot of prayer, a lot of thought and, uh, and, and just, you know, perseverance, just keep pressing forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Tenacity, perseverance. Thank you, Grandpa. Now, is there a resource out there you'd like to share with our listeners that you enjoy? Uh, the best resource I could, I could, uh, to give to anyone would be the Bible. Mm -hmm. I mean, really and truly that that's just, uh, you know, just from there. And then, uh, aside from that, I, I read a book here a while back. If it actually got it, uh, recommended from your show. Oh, okay. When I when I tell you what it is, you'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, and because everybody recommends it, seems like, but it's that good of a book, and uh, it's it's how to make friends and influence people by uh, Dale Carnegie. Carnegie, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had many guests, uh, as you being a listener here know, uh, who've recommended that book. It's a great book for sure. Yeah, and there's a lot of folks recommend it. 
you know, prominent people, accomplished people outside yeah. of, of your show that recommend it. And it, it's just that good of a book. Yeah. So I, I would say if you had the Bible and had that, you're pretty well set for life. You, you're good to go. Some good advice in both of those great books. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would that be? Well, I don't drink, so it would have to be a glass of iced tea. That's okay. But, we could have uh, iced tea or lemonade here. No problem. It would be my grandfather. Oh, nice. And uh, and he, his name was Dayton Childers, and he is uh, <clears throat> he's the reason I'm here, and uh, and I am what I am. Yeah. Ah, oh, wonderful, wonderful. And we might want to go back over that because I got I got a little choked you up. You know, but, I you know what? I'm glad you did. I, I understand. I understand. I just recently lost my father, and it's yeah. When you think back to uh, people that had a good influence on your life, it's it's hard to not get choked up and. Uh, I'm just so happy that you have those great memories, your grandfather, because not everybody does, and a lot of people don't get to spend time around their grandparents. I saw my grandparents very little growing up. I never got to know them very well. So you're very, very fortunate. That would indeed be a nice glass of iced tea for sure. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources Nathan has shared on his show notes page at carsyeah.com slash Nathan Warren. I will put links to his website there as well, Warren Customs, so you can check out what he's doing. All right, Nathan, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question is a real doozy. I'm going to buy you any very cool collector car in the world today. Doesn't matter what it is. Price is no object. Money, who cares? What would that vehicle be and why? Well, that... uh... That's a hard one. That's a hard question. I've, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've, I've, I've listened. I've listened to other people, you know, go through that. But really and truly, it, once it come time for me to answer it, I was like, man, this uh, is <laughs> it's, it's just not fair. It's yeah, not I fair. know. I'm sorry, but but I can only afford one. You know, I've had 808 people on this show, so <laughs> I've had to buy a lot of cars. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I want. Hunt for that money tree that you've got there. Yeah, well, it's, it's growing out here in the Pacific Northwest. They're all around me. You know, it's why yeah. all the rain feeds these money trees. <laughs> but uh, I, I narrowed it down to two cars. Okay, there's two cars that have stood out, and and I've and I'll pick just one. But I, I can't list one without telling the other one. That's okay. Most everything I've ever owned is a Chevrolet, okay. and uh, most folks that know me would be like, "Well, he's a Chevrolet man." But I'm what you would call I'm, I'm really a backdoor Ford guy. Ah, really and truly, down and hard. I'm I'm a Ford guy. The uh, the 427 Cobra, and uh, my my what I wanted to be my first car, but it never happened was a 1970 302 Boss Grabber Blue. Ah. And those were the two that I went round and round with. But I settled on the 427 Cobra. Of course, it'll have to be a custom build by me. And uh, <laughs> it'll be black and uh, probably a uh, tan, saddle tan leather interior. And I'm kind of torn on the uh, the power plant. I don't know whether to go with the 427 and, uh, you know, fuel injection or to go with the new Coyote motor, supercharged. Ooh, yeah. You know, either way, it'll have a five-speed, big brakes, probably 17, 18-inch wheels, and uh, and it'll be a rocket ship. Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, my gosh. Well, I think you made a good choice there. That sounds like a fun, cool car, and uh, I'm going to be uh, I'm gonna be enjoying grabbing that for you and getting that out to you. I might have to drive it out to you, though. That might be the other part of the trick here is, yeah, so I yeah. can drive well, this I'll, fun I'll thing. start building it, and I'll just send you the invoice. Well, that even better. There you go. Me. That sounds like a better way to go. That way you can make <laughs> it any way you want. So uh, as I will say to you, the check will be in the mail. So don't worry right. about it. <laughs> okay. Well, Nathan, you have taken me on a great ride. 
right today. I knew you would, and I really enjoyed getting to know you better and listening to your stories. And uh, kudos to you for what you're building there with your own business, you and your your wife and your family. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset with smoke flying out of the back of that 427 Cobra? Well, I'd, I'd like to thank you for having me on the show. You're and welcome. the best advice I could give to anyone is to to be honest, be encouraging, and just just be kind and never give up. But, but most honestly, or, or you know, is to be honest and be encouraging. You know, in, encourage and uplift others. Uh, your your children, your your family, anybody you know, they they may have some kind of wild, crazy ideal, and even though you don't necessarily agree with it. You know, be encouraging. Maybe, maybe uh, help them along the way. You know, they may not have the best idea, but if they just tweaked it a little bit or, or went about it the right way, they it, it could be a great once in a lifetime kind of thing. So, yep, there you go. That would, uh, that would be the only thing that I could uh, could tell you. Well, that's exactly what you've done today, Nathan. You've been very encouraging to others and inspirational, and I want to thank you for that. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? Uh, you can look us up on the web. We've got a website, uh, warncustoms.com. We're on Google, Google Business, Google Plus, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. We're starting up a YouTube channel. We've got a few short videos on that and, uh, we've got one I'll put up probably today that we're recording this. We'll put up that, uh, my 12 year old edited. Nice. So, uh, nice. so it's a family affair. <laughs> right. He likes doing that. So some of the videos, you know, they may not look professional or, or be, you know, like you see on TV, but uh, it's something for him to get involved and he likes doing it. And I'm like, hey, if that's what you want to do, then you can chase me around with a with a telephone and and, uh, yeah. and video me all you want. There you go. Well, it sounds fantastic. I love the family aspect of this whole thing as well. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Nathan has been so kind to share on his show notes page at carsyeah.com slash Nathan Warren. Nathan, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yeah listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. All righty. Thanks, Mark. And I, I really appreciate you having me on the show and, uh, and hope you have a blessed day. Pleasure's been all mine. Thank you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!